Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mark Cologne Wrestling Podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is right. It is your boy. Um, I'm here. If I sound a little low, it's because uh, MJ's sleeping. Been a little cranky today, but it's all right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. Last night, I just I felt I wanted to sleep feeling bad. Because I didn't break down the matches. I didn't break down how I felt about them. So, uh, that's what I'm going to do now. Um, also, um, people, um, I also, what I also want to do, you know, since, um, I have, I have the time, um, I break down the match I showed my, my wife last night, um, you know, I just, I want to just, my plan, that's what I want to do, um, in a little bag, I gotta get ready for church, so, uh, yeah, people, um, one of the things I was doing to talk about, the Paul Heyman firing, um, the Paul Heyman firing, it was, uh, as you can tell, I have a lot more energy, uh, this afternoon than I had, uh, last night, um, So, so, uh, what, what I'm thinking here is, you know, obviously there's reports about Paul Heyman, you know, WWE just needed somebody to, like, put the blame on, um, which, it ain't, it ain't right, you know, Paul Heyman does not deserve the blame. Um, you know, he, he's a great mastermind. He's a great, he's, he's all around great. Um, I just feel like, uh, it didn't work out for neither, uh, parties. Um, I don't think it was Paul Heyman's fault. Um, I want to say maybe, you know, you got the writers, you got, you got this person, you got that person, you know, it just, sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't work out, and, uh, I think, I think that's absolutely what happened, it's just, you know, well, and, and, but you can't, to me, you can't blame Paul Heyman, that's how I feel, you cannot, you can't, you can't blame Paul Heyman, um, you know, I think, I think he did a pretty good job. Um, you know, they were saying like some wrestlers now might like get buried because Paul Heyman invested in these guys. It wasn't uh, Vince McMahon or anybody else that invested. It was Paul Heyman. So now that. Um, now that uh, Paul Heyman's out the picture, it's like, right, what's going to happen with these guys now? So, uh, that's something we'll have to look out, look look for. Um, which kind of sucks because you think about like people like Aleister Black. Those are one of the guys that are like, getting mentioned. And it's like, no, don't tell me that <laughs> Aleister Black is gonna 
It's like going to not get pushed correctly now. Which, it's like kind of looking like that. And it's like, oh my goodness. Um, you know, and I don't know what WWE's problem is. That maybe they don't see something in this guy or whatever. But obviously Paul Heyman did. And I think all of us sitting here right now. While you listen to this podcast and while I was doing this podcast, um, we've seen something in people like Aleister Black, um, Murphy, Austin Theory, the Street Profits, all these young young guys, and we've heard it before and before, after, we hear, we hear it now. Um, Vince McMahon doesn't like to push the young guys because people don't know, well... If you gotta, you gotta give the people something to know them by. If you just push them regularly, like if they're a job or whatever, if you don't give them these storylines that you gave to The Rock, that you gave to Kurt Angle, that you gave to John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, you gave to uh, Ric Flair, you gave to Hogan, if you don't give them something where these guys, these fans are like, their jaws are dropped saying, wow, this guy can work. If you're not giving them that, what do you what do you expect the fans to do but just turn the cha- turn the channel and then you give the you give the 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 Universal Championship or the WWE championship, you're always giving it back to Brock Lesnar and that makes fans want less. Yes, Brock Lesnar does he absolutely does um, you know, he he works, and you know he'll draw a crowd in, you know, but that doesn't mean that this other guy, Drew McIntyre, and Alistair Black, and Ricochet, a uh, who else we got? The Street Profits. That doesn't mean they can't win. It does not mean that at at all, that they can't win, they can obviously win in a match, but they can absolutely guarantee, I can guarantee you, they can win over a crowd, you just gotta give them the good, the, the, the best possibility, the out, the best outcome you can give them, and absolutely WWE is not doing right that right now, and I don't know how WWE is going to get out of this one after you firing um, Paul Heyman, yeah, you got Bruce Pritchard, now he's in charge of SmackDown and Raw but, like we've always said we know at the end of the day you can put these fancy names because Bruce Pritchard he's, um he got the brains as well but, my thing is people and this is what I'm going to say my thing is you can't, you can't have, you, you can't think, all right, Bruce Pritchard's in charge of Raw and SmackDown. Yep, he's 100%, no, he's probably like 5 to 10% in charge of Raw and SmackDown. And why? Because Vincent Kennedy McMahon will always have the last say, even if the story that these brothers are putting out are excellent, they're absolutely amazing, 
Vince McMahon will say no and do a comedy skit instead. Um, so that's what I say about that. I think it's a huge mistake. Um, I definitely don't. I hope it doesn't backfire. Um, um, but you know, we'll we'll see. Um, like I don't, I don't know. It's a complicated situation, people. It's a complicated situation. Um, I don't know what Vince McMahon is thinking. All I do know is that, uh, well, um, I know Vince McMahon also said, like, he's, like, not happy because of, uh, the, the, uh, viewership has went down. Um, and what I will say to that, people, is, why has the viewership went down? Why? Why? It is because, people, it's because w, WWE has no fans right now. We're in a pandemic. You're, you're not going to have any fans and a crowd a crowdless arena. A lot of fans, not me, I'll see a crowdless arena. I'll see, uh, I, I agree it's better with, with fans. But I'm still going to see it because I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. So, but other people, they're like, nope, not doing it. I'm not doing it. And, but me, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I am. I'm okay with seeing wrestling with or without fans. As long as I see good matches, I'm perfectly fine. Um, you know, I feel, I do feel like, um, certain, certain people should get, you know, moved around. I feel like there's, there should be, we should be having A1 pay-per-views, A1 shows, A1 storylines, because that's what it's all about, people. You can have great matches, but if your storyline sucks, there's no point. And the same thing, you can have a great storyline, but if your match is not good, it's not going to work. It's not going to satisfy the fan. And that's why a lot of fans right now have moved on to AEW. And why is that, people? Why have fans moved on to AEW? Because AEW is the show. It's... It's the shows like, like people you don't understand. Like, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, and people are just like, "Oh, I don't, I don't get it." And, and it's like, really, you don't, you do not get this, or you don't get that, really. Hmm. Um, I, I, I mean. I get it. Why can't you get it? You know? Um, so yeah, I I I see. I I see and I'm not blind. So I see what's definitely um uh, going on and 
and what could be done differently. You know, um, it's just, there's, I mean, obviously, um, you would like things to be a little different, and you would want to do this, you would want to do that, um, but, like I said, we can't always get what we want, alright, um, now, I'm going to move on from that. Um, I also I want to talk about NXT, the two two big story, or well, three big storylines from that. Like I said, I was real tired and this morning, last night. I felt bad. I was like, no, I got I got to do this again. I can't. It was a pretty good show, but I, I want to break it down a little more. I don't want to wait till next week to break it down. Um. Um. So, oh, and also on the show. I'm going to. I'm going to have my top five backlash matches and my top ten. Um, Undertaker, Undertaker matches. You know, since tonight's part four of the last ride, ladies and gentlemen. Um, obviously, there's no rumors today, so. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about how, they're sleeping, all right, um, I want to talk about how things, the three things on the next year's week, you had, you had El Hijo de Fantasma, he, um, became a heel, and, he was the one, you know, that he was the one that, you know, was doing all the kidnappings and all that. Um, and now his name is Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar. Um, so, you know, uh, and you don't see this. You don't see this a lot. And WWE, a lot of guys that have um, masks, they stay with those masks. Um, you know, so for for WWE to do something like this, and so not quickly, because it's been like a month or two since he's debuted, and he's a cruiserweight champion. So, you know. I think it was good timing, um, you know, it makes a better rivalry, I'm guessing if Drake Maverick and, if Drake Maverick and, um, and, uh, and Santos Escobar, sorry, um, if that proceeds on, that's, it's gonna be amazing, it, it will, um, I know, I know WWE, NXT at least, you know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, and all them, and company, they, they'll um, be able to do the right things, um, push it to a certain way that it'll just be absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like this storyline. I like this because nobody's seen this coming. Not even me. I didn't see this coming, people. You know, 
And I'm like, all right. I seen Drake Maverick talking to Elijo de Fantasma on Wednesday night. I'm like, all right, well, maybe Drake Maverick will get a match. You know, and that's it. Drake Maverick probably lose. And that'll be all. Um, no. Uh, well, Drake, Drake Maverick got beaten by Santos Escobar. The one that's been kidnapping. The one that I forgot who he saved the other day from the kidnapping. And, you know, when you see that, you're like, oh, no. All right. He's safe. So you're like, all right, whatever, you know. Um, so it's not him. Because I believe there was some speculation. But as Triple H and company, they do what's best for business. Literally, they do. And um, so that is, all right, it's not him. And then a week after he wins the Cruiserweight Championship, um, this happens. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be good, people. I'm telling you, like, this is going to be amazing. Um, I don't know, like, it's, I like storylines like this. This is probably one of those storylines that was like, I did not see this coming, which I didn't. I didn't see it coming. Um, so, you know, I was excited for that. Um, I was definitely excited. I was happy for that. Um, I would like to get your insights on it. I know a lot of people were like, oh, my. What he he did what, you know? So uh, yeah, that was. I don't know. I I liked it. Um. So yeah, and then we got then we had Finn Balor challenging, uh, Keith Lee for the North American Championship. I'm guessing he'll be at a takeover or who knows when. Um. <sighs> um. Not a bad thing either. Um, not a bad thing. Um, I am really, 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 really excited for this. Um, it can definitely take Keith Lee up to more stardom. You know, the champion. It's not the championship. It's the the people he's been put with. When you have like four straight months of uh, story um, matches with Damian Priest and Dominic Dijakovic. Um, it can get exhausting for a fan and the, the wrestler will lose a little credibility. Um, now, do I I believe he will lose it to Finn Balor? I do, I do believe it. I do believe it. Um, I mean, this is a title from Balor's number one. He's in NXT. Um, you know, I thought he was going to challenge for the NXT championship, but that's um, not going to happen. Um, so, I think 
this is the perfect way, perfect way, perfect plan to go would be having a Finn Balor versus Keith Lee match. This is going to be a tremendous match. And why is that? Well, they can they can brawl it out. They can, they can do whatever they want. But this is going to be physical. Um, and just like as much as I enjoy when Roman Reigns was going up against Keith Lee at Survivor Series, I'll enjoy this one because I would like to see how how Finn Balor does against the bigger man. Um, and we've seen it. It's worked before. But this is different than Finn Balor. And we can all agree on that. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then, people, we had Karrion Cross challenge Adam Cole by sending Scarlett with the TikTok. Um, you know, the... You guys know what I mean. Can't really figure out the name right now. Um, so, that was exciting. That was definitely exciting. Um, I, um, I love it. I do. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, it's too quick for, for, um, Karen Cross to have a title opportunity or win the championship. If and this is like and this is why um it pisses me off so much with uh fans. Cause if they wait two, three years to give Karen Cross a title, they're like, Oh my goodness, he's buried, that's that's Vince for you, but if after a month of being in WWE, after do dominating Tommaso Ciampa, now he's going after Adam Cole, it's like, what? No, this, no, it's too quick, no, don't let this happen. And it's like, people, just be happy we got something to enjoy. If this is going to happen. Let it happen. I don't... I don't need to hear... Oh, it's too quick. Oh, um... I don't want to see this happen or this or that or that. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care what you don't want to see or you do want to see. Listen, it's going to happen. And that's it. It's going to happen. Um... Now, do I believe it should be like how the match we've seen between Karrion Cross and Tommaso Ciampa? No. I definitely believe it should be, you know, Adam Cole should get his offense in, you know. It should be a close to at least 30-minute match because this could be one of the best matches of 2020 if you, if you uh, play your cards right. And if we have some fans, at least 1,000 to 2,000 fans in the arena, people... Trust me, this match will, ex will ex exceed expectations. Absolutely. All right. Um, my top five matches. Excuse me for backlash. Let's get to it. 
I would have to go number five. Number five would be John Cena versus Shawn Michaels versus Edge versus Randy Orton. Backlash 2007. Um, and it's funny because we're having the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, tonight, <laughs> Edge versus Randy Orton at Backlash. But yeah, this is, John Cena did retain his championship. But um, it was a great match. You know, all these wrestlers, they were in their prime. Shawn Michaels was almost going to retire at this time, but it was still, it was still, um, one of the best. Like, because Shawn Michaels, even though his prime was coming to a close, it still was, like, the best, the best match for him. Even for him, it was absolutely, um, incredible. Um, I would say number four would have to be The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin Backlash 1999. Um, and I've always like loved when The Rock and Stone Cold um, battled, and these were one of this was one of his matches. Obviously, Austin retained with help from the McMahons. Um, so yeah, like you see people these rivalries like this, like the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, they were they weren't always rivaling. They were they weren't always at each other's throats a year long. They would go off for a while and alright, we'll come back. Go off for a while, then come back. Go off, come back, go off and come back. So to um to have this and it be so so great it was amazing it, it really it was amazing um you know and the chemistry these guys have and how they're able to work so well together um is another is another another reason. Um, and then we look at um, number three, which would be The Undertaker versus Batista in a last man standing match at Backlash in 07. Um, that was a another amazing one. Um, and it just, you know, it tore the house down. It tore the house down between Batista and uh, The Undertaker. And, you know, they've had some rivalries. You know, they had that beautiful uh, WrestleMania match. Um, and then they have this match at Backlash. And, you know, this is another group. I don't know how close these guys are, but they would, you know, leave it, leave it all on the line, you know, and they would you know, leave their blood, their sweat, their tears. Um, so this one, I enjoyed as well. Um, and you know, this is when you could say Undertaker was nearing the end of his prime, but um, but 
how do I say this? Uh, the the Batista was just in his prime, even though short. I think shortly after, a few years later, he retired or whatever. But you know, uh, what, what what are you gonna do, right? You can't can't do nothing. So, um, but yeah. Um, so, The Undertaker and Batista did end in a draw. I believe this happened because, like, he, he speared, I believe he speared, um, The Undertaker, and they just both couldn't get up. So, that, that, that happened. And this, this 07 wasn't a pretty bad, it was a pretty good pay-per-view, I'll say that. You know, you had Carlito defeat Johnny Nitro. The Hardy Boys, they defeated Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. Molina defeated Mickey James. Um, Chris Benoit defeated uh, um, MVP. Um, Mr. McMahon, Shane McMahon, and Umaga defeated Bobby Lashley. The Undertaker versus Batista obviously ended in a draw. And John Cena defeated Randy Orton, Edge, and Shawn Michaels. Um, so it was a pretty good backlash, especially the last two matches, The Undertaker versus Batista and John Cena versus Randy Orton Edge and Shawn Michaels. So that was, you know, pretty good one. It was, it was pretty good. Um, I think that's number three, right? I think I lost my time. Yeah, number three. Because number two would be The Rock versus Triple H Backlash 2000. Um, this was the one that we have seen last night, people. Um, where The Rock wins the WWE Championship. Um, it was a perfect end, you know. Obviously, you got Shane McMahon as the referee. You got Mr. McMahon interfering, Jim Ross and Jimmy, uh, Jerry Lawler, sorry, not Jimmy, um, just their calls and going back and forth, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin, a surprise return to get paid back on the McMahons, knocking out all the referees, um, Linda McMahon coming out and pushing Stephanie on the floor, um, and then The Rock hitting the people's elbow on Triple H for the one, two, three. Um, obviously, The Rock is Stone Cold having a cold beer together. That is amazing. It like giving me goosebumps. Like if I was there, I was only three years old. People, <laughs> um, so I was. It was. It was amazing. It was. It really was. You know the crowd reactions and everything, and just. How how the and how how much energy there was, um, and it can arguably be the number one. And I was going to put it number one, but Triple H and The Rock, their their careers were already being cemented. You could tell there was greatness there, and I just I was like, no, I can't I can't give them the number one, <laughs> um, even though it was. A great match, the Rock um, hitting the Rock Bottom 
on uh, Shane McMahon and Triple H on the table. Um, to so so much, so much things. Uh, you know, and you always love when like Mr. McMahon got involved. I I was laughing last night after the show was done. Try not to laugh at this part, but he was uh he hit the rock with this with the chair. I don't know if you all have seen it, and he falls over the rock. It's just funny because like obviously Vince McMahon's old. But he plays the character as an old man. He, and not all the time. Sometimes, you know, he'll try to act young. Which, whether he does it or not, I don't care. Vince McMahon is gold, ladies and gentlemen. When he's in these rivalries like this. When he's always, when he's been in the rivalry with The Rock or Stone Cold, it's gold. So, I, it was, it was funny to me. Um, and then number one, I would have to give it to, just because this right here cemented Randy Orton's, Randy Orton's legacy. It's what made Randy Orton who he is today. And that is, number one is Randy Orton versus Cat, Cactus Jack, which is Mick Foley, in case you guys don't know, Backlash 2004. People, this made people notice how much of a psychopath Randy Orton was. Um, this definitely took his, it carried his career to a new level having this match. Um, you know, you had the barbed wire bats, the elbows, you had the blood, um, you had the thumbtacks. Um, so much, so much good stuff that, that have happened. I gotta say, I would have, like I said, I would have put The Rock versus Triple H number one. But this right here took Randy Orton's. This took Randy Orton's um, career to a whole no, new level, which he was able to capitalize on, which is great. And you know, like if you guys never seen this match, or if you have, you're like, eh, I don't know. Look at it from my perspective, and go to the WWE Network right now and watch it. And trust me, I'm telling you. You will not regret. You will not regress. You will not say, mm. and and if you don't think it's number one, you at least gotta put it number one or number two. People, come on, it's 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 up there. It's it's definitely up there. Um, you know, it's, it's I I I like it. I like it. Um, you know. So those are my top five backlash moments. Um, now I'm gonna give my top ten uh, Undertaker moments or matches, whatever you wanna call it. Um, um, the Undertaker, the Undertaker's debut at number ten, even though he got eliminated. He eliminated Coco Beware and Dusty Rhodes before being, and nobody pinned him. So the Undertaker looked strong. Nobody pinned him. Nobody submitted him. He got eliminated by being counted out. Do you know what that is? The Undertaker being counted out at Survivor Series, his debut in 1990. Just think about it. 
Survivor Series of 2020 this year, it will be 30 years. No, 30 or 40. Now I gotta do the math. 10. That's, that's a lot. 20. Yeah, 30. It's, yep, 30. Yeah, 30 years. 30. You know what that is? 30 years in pro wrestling. Not only pro wrestling, but. Um. In WWE, that's amazing, people. All right, and then um, then we look at number nine, the first Inferno match ever, nineteen ninety-eight, The Undertaker versus Kane and Unforgiven, um, where him and his brother had the first Inferno match. Um, obviously, The Undertaker won by setting Kane's arm on fire, but this set, um, this right here, it just a cemented, you know, you know, the Brothers of Destruction. Um, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. I, I one of my favorites, one of my favorites at least. And I was only one years old. So, um, then we had uh, at number eight, Undertaker versus Mankind in your house, buried alive. Um, obviously, um. This was like in the middle of um, one of the best feuds in WWE history between The Undertaker and Mankind. Cause, and one of the reasons was because Undertaker wasn't able to defeat Mankind until this match, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now, when we look at this, Taker did bury um, Mankind. Was declared the winner. He continued to bury him, but like with help from Paul Bear and other superstars, mankind buried Undertaker. Um. So yeah, that happened. Um. Oh, this is one of my all-time favorites. I love seeing this match. This is one of the best matches. And MJ just woke up. Um. Undertaker versus Kurt Angle versus The Rock at Vengeance 2002. Um, this was for the Undisputed Championship, which The Undertaker was a champion. At this time, all three were in their prime, I can say. Undertaker was well in his prime. Um, but Kurt Angle and The Rock, they were more in their prime. Um, the Rock did win by pinning Angle. And Undertaker was like an inch away from breaking up the pinfall. One of my favorites. Um, very good match. Very good match. Um, yeah. So, uh, and going back to Randy Orton. Um, I forgot what number we're at. People, oh my goodness. What, what am I doing? I got to go back. All right. So, I got one. Two, three, four. All right, I'm at. Um, so this would be from my fourteen, nine, eight, seven. This is number six. Undertaker versus Randy Orton, WrestleMania twenty-one. Randy Orton as the proclaimed legend killer. Um. One of the best endings and and Undertaker matches. It's definitely exciting moments. It was you know a little slow, but that's all right. Um, I at least me, 
I was one of those people that thought Randy Orton was going to break the streak that night. This was my first mania I ever seen. Um, and it definitely was a huge start to Randy Orton's career. Um, but it was an amazing match. Another amazing match. Um, probably top one of the top five of uh, The Undertaker's best WrestleMania matches, I will say. Um, Alright, now let's look for number five. Number five um, would have to be The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, No Mercy, 2002. This is definitely better than uh, the WrestleMania 30 match, but um, unless you're a Brock Lesnar fan. Um, it was a bloody match. Um, this helped raise Brock Lesnar. I have MJ in my hand now, so. <laughs> helped raise Brock Lesnar to the top of the company very quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Very quickly. Absolutely. Um, um, it, yeah, it was a real good match. It was um, Hell in a Cell match, obviously. But the highlight, definitely, of this match was when Lesnar reversed the tombstone into an F5. Um, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, let's see. So, number four, as I, as I look, I look, I look, and I look, looking for one. Um, this is more of a moment. Um, number four would have to be when The Undertaker wins the 2007 Royal Rumble, MJ. Can you believe that? <laughs> um, this would he. This is his only um Royal Rumble match he won. Um, he was at that time though he was the only person to win the Royal Rumble as the thirtieth entrant. Um, and obviously, um, well, it came down to Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Um, Shawn Michaels went for the super kick, but he missed, and Taker just swung him over his shoulder. Um, and Undertaker would go on to win the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania against Bautista. Alright, um... Then we look at number three. It would definitely have to be the Undertaker versus Kurt Angle No Way Out 2006. Um, it was just, it was a great match, um, even though Undertaker lost it, it was one of the greatest ones he's been a part of, a lot of people believe, though, it should have made a event at WrestleMania, but it didn't, I, I, you know, of course, I believe this went on to be Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio for a championship, I don't remember, I don't think so, but. Yeah, it was an absolutely tremendous, tremendous, tremendous match. Which this match holds the record, probably, maybe holds the record for the most reversals in a match. Um. All right, let's look on. That was number three. Number two would have to be the Undertaker versus Triple H, WrestleMania 27. Um, this gets overlooked so much. Um. Because of, obviously, the two matches previous with Shawn Michaels. 
Um, obviously, they ended up having a rematch at WrestleMania 28, but it didn't live up to the hype as WrestleMania 27 with Undertaker and Triple H. Um, you know, everybody thought Undertaker was done when Triple H tombstoned him, um, but it wasn't. And it was it was it was a great match. I remember this match. I believe it was Hell in a Cell. It was a Hell in a Cell match, I believe. Um, and then number one, people, number one. Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add uh, number eleven in there because I have to name this one: Undertaker versus Mankind, King of the Ring, 1998. The inf- infamous Hell in a Cell match, where Mankind gets thrown off the Hell in a Cell onto the table. Where he, Mankind basically dies. Like, if this match had the most insane stunts ever in WWE history. Can you believe that, MJ? And I was only one years old. Wow. So, yeah. And number one, which is probably the greatest wrestling match in WrestleMania in WWE history, The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Um, probably the two greatest wrestlers ever. Some say no. I may say yeah. I don't know yet. We'll do that list for another time. Um, because I gotta get ready for church soon, people. Um, so they collided at the Super Bowl for wrestling, obviously. Um. The build was absolutely amazing. You know, Michael saying all he had to do is end the streak, and The Undertaker admitted HBK was the best in-ring performer ever, but couldn't end it, which HBK didn't. They obviously had a rematch at WrestleMania 26, where Shawn Michael, The Undertaker retired Shawn Michaels, um, but uh, amazing match from both from both wrestlers, um, and just think about this is WrestleMania 25, five years later, the streak ended, and, uh, that was, like, probably the end of the prime for The Undertaker, which is sad, but I think he revived his prime against AJ Styles' WrestleMania 36, but other than that, people, um, it was, it was the greatest match ever, and it's funny we talk about it today, because tonight is WrestleMania, I mean, Backlash, and supposed, supposedly we will see the greatest wrestling match ever. But in my mind, it will always be The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 25. So those are top 10 Undertaker moments, or well, 11 moments matches. Yeah. Alright, um, let's look at Backlash quick, and then uh, I'll let you guys go. Uh, WWE Backlash, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Um, um, you know, Bobby Lashley could win this, um, you know, ditching Lana, and now he has MVP. Um, it's going to be a physical match. Two, These are two monsters of a man. Of man. Um, I... Don't believe Bobby Lashley will win, but if Bobby Lashley will win, you know how great that would be. Basically, saying MVP changed because MVP has changed Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is must see now. I believe Drew McIntyre needs to retain, unless Bobby Lashley beats Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew McIntyre is out for at least two, three months. 
that Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar SummerSlam for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley beats Brock Lesnar. Comes here comes Drew McIntyre. He's back, and he challenges Bobby Lashley. And Drew McIntyre defeats Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And then maybe later on we'll have a triple threat match or a rematch between Drew, Mc, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. But we could also have a triple threat match between Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Brock Lesnar. That would be amazing. And you know what? I'm all down. You know, at SummerSlam, I want to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And I think we will get that. And you know what? Matter of fact, tonight, people... We might actually get Brock Lesnar returning and attacking either Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley. Most likely Bobby Lashley, though. Right, MJ? Then we got Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison. Obviously, Braun Strowman's retaining. Um, I believe The Fiend will return tonight. And even if he does not attack Braun Strowman, he will let Braun Strowman know he's coming for him. At Extreme Rules, or unless he waits another month, and at Extreme Rules, he makes a statement. And Braun Strowman and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, have a match at SummerSlam. The Raw Women's Championship will be on the line. You got Asuka versus Nia Jax. Asuka's winning because Asuka's next challenge, I had to say, would be Charlotte Flair. I want, I want to say you leave that for SummerSlam, though. So maybe maybe like a Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, um, Shayna Baszler for Extreme Rules, maybe something like that. Or they could do an Extreme Rules match, a two-part uh, rivalry. You have Charlotte Flair at Extreme Rules against her, but Asuka retains. And then, but if they have a match at SummerSlam against these two again, then Charlotte Flair most likely will win. And you know what? If you give it a Charlotte Flair, at least let her hold the championship for. At least more than six to eight months. It's taking the title off her way too quickly. Then you have the greatest wrestling match ever, supposedly. Edge versus Randy Orton. Um, I believe Randy Orton will win. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see some blood. I would not be surprised at that, MJ. <laughs> but I do see, I do see, um I do see Yeah, I know. I know. I know. We're going to see it tonight. Um, I see Randy Orton defeating Edge. Um, and we're going to see a psychopath Randy Orton. But we'll see a different side of Edge tonight. That's for sure. And it could arguably be the top three greatest matches ever. Um, the Women's Tag Team Championships will be on the line. Look, Bailey and Sasha Banks are going to retain. Unless the turn's happening tonight, which it will not. Um, I believe they're going to let it go on for another month. I believe Bailey and Sasha Banks will retain. And I say they, they pinned the Iconics. The Iconics, is, they're going to look uh, weak again, just like they did on Monday. Then the United States Championship will be on the line. It's too early for Apollo Crews to lose to Andrade to lose the United States Championship. Um, so I see Apollo Crews retaining. Um and I don't know, more cracks in the Angel Garden and Andrade and Zelina Vega, uh, you know, they're, um, they're faction. So, that's gonna, we'll see what happens with that. Or maybe Apollo Crews, maybe we'll get closer to his little heel turn. Then we have Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. Um, this has taken a while to turn, people. Like I said, um, 
and I can't wait for them to meet on Backlash. It's going to be physical. It's going to be heavy hitting. Uh, I said Jeff Hardy was going to win. I believe so. I wouldn't be surprised if Sheamus did, though. Sheamus, ever since he came back, looking real strong, real strong. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Sheamus does win. Um, I believe Jeff Hardy wins vengeance for what Sheamus did. So, and then the Raw Tag Team Championships will be on the line because they want all the smoke. That's right. Yes, sir. The Street Profits will be defending it against the Viking Raiders. Figured this was going to happen, and I believe um, the Street Profits. I believe the Street Profits will retain their championships. I believe. But I'm going, just saying that because I'm a huge fan of the Street Profits, and I believe but the Viking Raiders could easily win it. MJ, your mom is coming into the room. I don't know what to do. Are you going to get him? Oh, really? No, we're having time. Okay. So, yeah, people. This is going to be amazing, MJ. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. People, <sighs> This was a great show. This was better than yesterday's show, actually. So I'm pretty happy with myself. What do you say, MJ? You're pretty happy with me? Probably not. I know. <laughs> I woke you up. Um, yeah, we're going to see at least one or two returns tonight. Like I said, I believe the scene will show up. Whoa. I think something crazy will happen in this pay-per-view. Um, something unexpected, at least one thing. Um, either the Fiend's going to show up or Brock Lesnar. Um... Like I said, Braun Strowman's not losing it. Drew McIntyre's not losing it. Uh, Oscar's definitely not losing it. I do pray Nia Jax does not injure Oscar, because what Nia Jax has been doing recently um, has been terrible. Um, now, if this is the greatest wrestling match ever, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm actually happy that this feud didn't end at WrestleMania. Because it was like a little letdown. And now that we have a little bit of fans in the arena, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, You know, even though this card is not packed, it's like it's not eye-opening, like eye eye-popping. It's It has the potential to be something great. It does. And I, I, I can't wait. So, um, I can't. People, this is officially the last ride to Backlash. That's right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with my son, MJ. It's me, the Mark Cologne. But before I go, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, people, um, the Cologne Family Podcast will be out during the week. Um, sports podcast, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's a difficult time. I mean, I hope I get to do something, but we'll see. And then, people, and then, and then, the wrestling podcast will be out on the weekend, and I'll talk about um, Backlash, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. Um, we're going into uh, Extreme Rules in July. Um, we have we have Extreme Rules. Sorry, MJ just distracted me. <laughs> um, we have Extreme Rules, MJ. Then we have SummerSlam, people. I think by SummerSlam... We should have legitimate fans at the spike if there's no spike. Like, if Corona stays down, I think we'll have legitimate fans at the, at arenas very soon. 
I do believe it. I believe it will happen. I I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, so I, I'm definitely excited for that. Um, so yeah. That's, that's the plan, people. That's the plan, alright? Ladies and gentlemen, you are talking to husband, father, three, two, one, podcaster. That's right. This is the Mark Cologne. Before I go, um, uh, this will probably obviously be uh, pay-per-view of the month. So, ladies and gentlemen, give a round of applause to the pay-per-view of the month because there's no other pay-per-views. Um, also, people, also, um, before I let you go, oh, well, well, no, that's not true. We had uh, NXT in your house. So, okay. Well, I'll wait on that, that one then. But um, I think the match of the night for this will be before I finally give my goodbyes. Um will be um, Edge versus Randy Orton. Absolutely. Um, it'll probably, probably be the main event. But the moment of the night would probably be either Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley or Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison when either Brock Lesnar returns or The Fiend returns. I think that'll be the moment of the night. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I see happening. Um, if I had to rank the matches, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley will definitely be a great one as well. Um, the only match I'm really worried about, because it'll either be great matches or fairly good, okay matches, um, okay matches or just completely terrible, I would have to say would be Oscar versus Nia Jax. Because I'm worried Nia Jax is going to freaking kill Oscar. And who knows? I don't even know if Carrie Sane's able to walk after the past month of getting hurt by by Nia Jax, so I just pray that she doesn't hurt our champion. Because I'm all for an Oscar versus Charlotte Flair feud as long as Oscar comes out winning this time. I am all for it. I know, right? Can you believe can you believe Nia Jax, MJ? Disrespectful, just taking out everybody and their moms. Can you believe that? So yeah, and uh, but you, I can definitely tell that um, WWE is missing Roman Reigns because like this is this, people. This is terrible. Like you know, like you would like imagine like instead of having Braun Strowman defended against the Miz and John Morrison, if Roman Reigns never left. It would be Roman Reigns probably defending it against Braun Strowman tonight. And that's a match that would not be bad at all. We've seen it in the past. They've been pretty good matches. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take anything away from the Miz and Morrison. It should be pretty good. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see, people. I'm hoping The Fiend returns tonight. But, um, we'll see. Um, ladies and gentlemen, MJ, you want to say something before I go? <laughs> you gotta say something. Hey, no, nothing. Hey, nothing. Oh, nothing. Okay. Well, this is the Mark Cologne podcast. Goodbye.